Purdue football news. Welcome to the Golden Black Radio pregame show as we get you set for Saturday's kickoff. Now here's your host, Kyle Charter. Boilermakers return to action for a big month of November. First up, Iowa in the rain and wind in ross Stadium on Saturday. Kyle Charter's here with Tom Deanhart for the Golden Black Radio pregame show. Brian Newbert and Alan Carpick will be with us as well. Purdue and Iowa. Uh, Tom, in this matchup, uh, at least during the Jeff Brom era, it has gone pretty heavily in Purdue's favor, four and one of the Boilermakers in the last five seasons, including, of course, last year's victory in Iowa City over then number two, Iowa. This game has a little bit of a different feel, of course. The Hawkeyes have had a lot of struggles this year, especially on offense, though they are coming off a good game against Northwestern. And the Boilermakers are the team with a lot to play for, of course. Purdue can go 4-0 in the month and win the Big Ten West. Yeah, it's all right there for the Boilermakers, Kyle. Like you said, uh, went out, go 4-0 in November. You're going to Naptown for the Big Ten championship game. I know that's a, maybe a tall task, but if you look at the schedule, I mean, it it has its challenges, but it looks doable, right? I mean, you got to get by Iowa, of course, Saturday at home and Again, um, Jeff Brom's 4-1 against this this program. Had a lot of success, uncanny success. You've seen it, Kyle. I've seen it. The listeners have seen it. He has a way of finding a matchup he can exploit against these guys. And Iowa confounds people by seemingly never adjusting. So it uh, be a fun chess match again, Sally. You talked about the elements. Certainly that's going to be key. But, yeah, the stakes for Purdue are extremely high. And for Iowa, you know, 4-4, four four, they're a proud program. They're always dangerous. And, and you talked about it. They got a win last week, and they want to try to build some mojo moving forward, too. Yeah, we'll talk to WLFI meteorologist David Seipel, get his forecast for Saturday. Uh, rain, it sounds like, in the morning, uh, maybe tapering off, but the wind is going to be uh, significant in the afternoon with the kickoff at noon in ross Tom, usually I would say that, you know, a, a game in the wind is going to favor the running team. Well, I mean, it sounds a little crazy to say here. Is Purdue not the running team here in this matchup <laughs> now on, on Saturday? I mean, Iowa has been so bad offensively. It can barely pass the ball. Its rushing offense is only 13th in the Big Ten, so second to last. Uh, it, it just feels like, whereas maybe in general, wind might be an, uh, uh, an equalizing factor, I, I don't know that it necessarily is for this matchup on Saturday. How was last time uh, we were going into a Purdue-Iowa game where you could say Purdue had the better running attack? Uh, I mean, I think about Jim Young era. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it may be that long ago. I'm serious. Yeah, you're right. So um, you, you, you sort of outline Iowa's offensive struggles. They're well-publicized. They've kind of become a national punchline, if you will. We've heard all the bars. We read Twitter. We see the jokes. Make, everybody's making fun of Iowa's offense. Yes, they scored 33 points last week, but again, that was against a god-awful Northwestern team. So you're right. You look at the stats, and boy, they make you bleary-eyed if you're an Iowa fan. Uh, and uh, yeah, Purdue Purdue does have the better running attack coming into this game with Devin Mockaby. Uh, we talked about Iowa's rush game, 13th in the Big Ten. Again, if Purdue has to has to slug it out and run the ball, you know, they've proven that they can do that uh, with Maccabee and, you know, Dylan Downing's going to be back. Of course, King Drew will be out, but they got some some heft there to, to, to push the rock on the ground if need be. And you couple that with Aiden's passing, you think the offense could have some success. 
It's Charlie Jones week uh, around here in West Lafayette. Uh, you look at the matchups, Tom, you mentioned it earlier, Jeff Brom's ability to find uh, one particular matchup, particularly in the passing game, and exploit it over and over, and the Hawkeyes uh, being unwilling to adjust, or at least slow to adjust. I mean, Anthony Mahungu, Terry Wright had a huge game with three touchdowns uh, in yeah. a Purdue win. David Bell here over the last couple of seasons, obviously. Now the wind might factor in to whether a receiver can have a big game on Saturday, uh, but certainly there seems to be some incentive there for uh, Mr. Charlie Jones to have a big game against the Hawkeyes. Harry Wright, that was a deep cut, Kyle. That was a deep cut. You're right. Well, you know you're pretty football, but you're right. Um, uh, they, the, uh, the, the passing game has had some success. David Bell caught it seems like a million passes against those guys. And Charlie Jones, is it his turn? And you talked about the extra juice here in this matchup with, with Jones pitted against his former team, the Iowa Hawkeyes. You know, everybody's saying the right things this week. Uh, the Iowa defensive backs had some kind of fun quotes. Kind of, they were smiling as they said him, I guess, about wanting to give Charlie a kiss and hitting hitting him extra hard. <laughs> you you got to know, you got to think maybe, you know, they, they wouldn't mind giving the guy a lick. I think there were some hurt feelings when he left. He kind of left very late in the process. I think that's what rankled some people in Iowa City. Had gone through spring football. No sign of this guy leaving, right? Uh, but boom, late May, early June, he's a Boilermaker. And thank God for that, for the Purdue Boilermakers, right? Because where would this offense be without Charlie Jones? You sort of shudder to think about it at this point. Yeah, and, uh, you know, a lot of excitement. He's going to be psyched, I'm sure, too, Kyle. But as you know, uh, once the game starts, those things sort of dissipate. But I got to think maybe, maybe Charlie can have a big game here. Ten catches, 100 yards. Uh, it's certainly going to be a fun storyline to watch. On the other side of things, for Purdue, the secondary needs to be better. Now, maybe because it's playing Iowa, Spencer Petrus is only averaging about 150 yards passing per game, and that includes last week when he had 220 or so uh, and a couple of touchdowns, one running and, and one passing against uh, the Wildcats, but only 151 per game on the season. He only has three touchdowns against five interceptions this year. But, man, Purdue's secondary is a little bit of a mess. What uh, what are we going to see? What what do you think we see Saturday from Purdue in terms of who's playing where and whether they can have any more success? I think you're going to see your, your typical starting four out there in the secondary. I expect Cam Allen <clears throat> I expect Cam Allen to still start despite his struggles. Kyle, I'm just not sure there's a better alternative. So Cam Allen, Sanusi Kane in, in the back end, and then the corners, I, you know, Corey Trice and Jamari Brown. Sounds like they, they've been on the practice field this week, according to Jeff Brom, and he expects them to suit up and play. So, and of course, they still have Reese Taylor they can use off the bench a corner. And, of course, as, as we reported this week, and uh, you know, they've been training some other players to play cornerback if need should Trice or Brown have issues coming off their injuries at Wisconsin, Kyle. You know, Cam Allen's taking reps at, at corner. Bryce Hampton's taking reps. And, you know, he kind of came to produce a cornerback anyway. And, of course, Sanusi Kane, too. He actually started the cornerback in the bowl game, Kyle. So, if need be, they got three other guys who are really primarily safeties, but who could swing the cornerback if needed. So, they think they've got their bases covered if they have some attrition or some issues back there to shuffle personnel around and still be pretty serviceable. No Chris Jefferson. No, Correct. no King Doru. No Brock Thompson. 
maybe not surprises on on any of those really for this week. Though you know maybe we thought Derue would be able to to continue to give it a go a little bit. Uh, but uh, you know a couple of guys out there and and Jefferson and and Thompson that it doesn't sound like really either one of them is going to be back this season for different reasons, obviously. Yeah, I reported last night Jefferson will not be back. And Brock Thompson, I think there's a chance maybe he comes back for Illinois on November 12th. Keep that on your radar. I know he's been working out. He has some swelling in that knee, but he's getting closer, I think. And, um, yeah, certainly would be good to get number 13 in that receiving core. Maybe, again, it happens at Illinois. I think that is the target date. One other guy who's out that's a little bit of an under-the-radar guy is Ben Furton, either fullback, one of your favorites, Kyle. You know, he, he's a guy who can knock people backwards as a lead blocker, and that's been a part of the success of the run game, right? So without Furtney, who got hurt at Wisconsin, you know, Jeff Brom said they can, they're going to use their tight ends. Durham, Paferi is sort of de facto fullbacks from time to time, and they said even Tristan Cox, a guy who moved from defense to offense during this season, is a guy they could maybe utilize as a fullback as well. And we've even seen him use, of course, the big guard, Marcus Bow, number 63. So, Bernie's absence, while he's not a high-visibility guy, you know, could, could be significant. Yeah, especially in a game where it's supposed to rain and yeah, have so much – have the wind as well. All right, Tom, uh, we'll take a break here. Let's let's get a, a full weather update from uh, David Seipel. We'll do that here in just a moment. Then your conversation with Tom Caker to get uh, the Iowa side of things. We will do that coming up next on Gold and Black Radio. Hello from News 18. I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel. The Boilermakers will be playing at home against the Iowa Hawkeyes with a kickoff time around noon on Saturday. Unfortunately, the run of beautiful weather the Boilers have had throughout the season will come to an end. For those early morning tailgaters, be prepared for some wet and very windy conditions. Temperatures all day will remain in the lower 60s with sustained winds. 20 to 30 miles per hour and wind gusts could easily get up to 40 to possibly 55 miles per hour at times. Scattered rain will also be likely throughout the morning. At kickoff, we will be monitoring a line of heavy showers and possibly a few storms with continued strong wind. Once this line of rain passes early in the afternoon, skies will quickly clear and we may even see some sun by the end of the game. Strong winds will continue to be in the forecast all afternoon long. Bottom line, be prepared for rain and very strong winds if you'll be out at Ross Aid. From News 18, I'm Storm Team 18 meteorologist David Seipel, Boiler Up, Hammer down. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. This is Alan Karpik, publisher of GoldenBlack.com. We couldn't be more excited to be joining the On3 network. We believe being part of the On3 network will provide the best user experience for all Purdue fans for years to come. And here's the good part. You can become a member for just a dollar for the first year. Our URL hasn't changed, so just go to goldenblack.com and sign up there. You're never going to have a better deal to be part of the largest Purdue community on the Internet. The move to On3 is also an opportunity to work with the industry's best. On3 CEO Shannon Terry and the team he has assembled at On3 is beyond compare. So spend a dollar with us and we will work every day to provide you with something Golden Black has delivered over the past 33 years. And that is the most complete coverage of Purdue sports in the largest Purdue community that you will find anywhere. 
time to break it down as we go in-depth about Purdue's opponent. All right, really pleased and psyched and pumped up to talk to this guy. Tom Kaker knows all things Iowa Hawkeyes. He, of course, is the uh, proprietor, the publisher of Hawkeye Report, part of the Rivals family. And, uh, again, Tom's been a long-time Iowa reporter. And he's as dialed as anybody I know ever know. Just a good person, too. And Tom's here to drop some Hawkeye knowledge on us. Thomas, welcome, buddy. And let's jump right in real quick. Tell Purdue fans, you know, what they can expect from this Iowa offense, which has come under a lot of scrutiny this year. <laughs> I, I think that's fair to say that they've had a lot of scrutiny. But they had their best game of the year last weekend against uh, against North Western, uh, the Wildcats aren't very strong this year, though. So, um, you know, I, I think there's some Iowa fans that are, are would, would tell you to take it with a grain of salt at this point. But Iowa did move out of the basement in all of college football in terms of total offense. They're now number 129 instead of 131. Uh, they are uh, at 125 in the country in rush offense and number 120 in pass offense. So, um, I guess small progress. They put up 33 points. They scored their first touchdowns. Uh, they, they went 30 drives without scoring an offensive touchdown and, and finally got on the board with an offensive touchdown uh, in the first half against Northwestern. So it has been a slog. Uh, it's a combination of Spencer Petras struggling uh, at quarterback, a young offensive line, um, with several new starters who are, um, you know, younger guys, the redshirt freshmen, uh, redshirt sophomores that have kind of gotten pressed into service and they have struggled. Uh, and, uh, and they've had a lot of injuries at the receiver position, a position that's not very deep, as Purdue fans know, because uh, Purdue took uh, two of their receivers in the offseason via the transfer portal. So uh, that combination has led to some real struggles for the Iowa offense. But they found – I think they've they figured a few things out, at least this last week, and got, uh, you know, a better push up front. They protect, protected Spencer Petras better. He looked more comfortable after uh, getting benched in the second half at Ohio State. So I think there's progress, but um, also you have to factor in it was Northwestern, and Northwestern is not very good this year. Okay, Tom, defensively, what can Purdue fans expect to see from Iowa on that side of the ball? That's the the, the marquee side of the ball for Iowa. Um, they are much better uh, on the defensive side of the football. Uh, Iowa ranks fifth in the country in total defense. Uh, they, you know, they, they really held Northwestern to um, – one score that the last touchdown was on the final play of the game uh, against Iowa's second team defense. Even, you know, the, you know, the Ohio state game, they got beat up pretty good uh, with 54, but that was more, I think just the team wearing down more than anything else. And, um, you know, I, but I, you know, they held Illinois to, to nine points. They held Iowa state to 10 um, they've, they've done a nice job. Uh, they're led on defense by All-American linebacker Jack Campbell. Um, I haven't looked at the Big Ten stats this week, but I believe he's probably still leading the conference in tackles. 
And uh, Seth Benson at linebacker is another really good player. Uh, Riley Moss at uh, cornerback. Uh, I think he's, um, you know, he, he was the defensive back of the year last year in the Big Ten. And um, I, I know just kind of talking to some of the guys uh, on the team, uh, you know, in the offseason and, and at media day, a lot of those guys on the defensive backfield are looking forward to competing against Charlie Jones this weekend and Tyrone Tracy. Uh, but particularly Charlie, they're really looking forward to, uh, um, you know, competing against him and challenging him a little bit uh, out there in the secondary. Okay, Tom, last question. How do you see this game unfolding on Saturday at high noon in ross Stadium? You know, Jeff Brom has had Kirk Ferentz's number, and he's had Phil Parker's number, which not many um, offensive teams have been able to do what Jeff Brom has been able to do against Phil Parker's defense. So it would be silly for me to bet on Iowa just given the challenges that they've had offensively and knowing that Purdue is probably – Aiden O'Connell and company are probably going to put some points up on the board. Uh, and it is, is at Purdue, and it's going to be a full house. Mm-hmm. So um, I suspect that Purdue is probably going to win this game. I think it will be closer than people maybe thought initially. Uh, I look for Purdue to win by about three points. but. Uh, um, I, I think this is going to be a real interesting uh, and maybe sometimes chippy game just because of uh, you know the way Charlie Jones left uh, and when he left uh, the University of Iowa to go to Purdue. Should be interesting, Tom. Look forward to seeing you. Like you said, should be close. Purdue's about a four-point favorite. Of course, the Boilermakers can become bowl eligible with a win. And, of course, most importantly, I think, stay in the thick of that Big Ten West title chase. So, Tom, thank you very much, sir. Again, looking forward to seeing you Saturday. And um, like I said, we will be talking, buddy. Okay, thank you. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chop salads, burgers, fresh fish and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh local and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event at the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill and Downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. Let's bring in Brian Newbert to get his perspective on Purdue and Iowa and uh, maybe just the month of November. The Boilermakers, as they say, control their own destiny. Of course, so do the fighting Illini. It is, though, interesting, though, also, Brian, that Purdue actually could lose on Saturday or Purdue could lose to Northwestern or Indiana as long as the Boilermakers go 3-1 and one, and uh, one of the one losses, not to Illinois, and if you assume that Illinois also then loses to Michigan 
and that Wisconsin does not go 4-0, Purdue could still win the Big Ten West. But the easiest way to a West championship would be to go 4-0. It sounds easy to say, maybe not uh, quite as easy to actually do, however. But it starts on Saturday with Iowa. Yeah, not to get too hot takey here, but if you you know can't handle as offensively limited an Iowa team as you're ever gonna face on your home field, you know that's I, that's kind of one of those games where it's almost like a yeah you could still win the division, but did you just show that you can do what you need to do to deserve to win your division kind of thing? Um, and then obviously Illinois. Is, the really big one and whoever would have thought we'd be saying that a couple weeks ago it'll come down to purdue and illinois <laughs> you know potentially for a big 10 west title here but no purdue's got a i mean purdue's had iowa's number here the last couple of years but things are different every year and uh you know purdue has given up too many big plays on defense you know purdue turned the ball over too much in in madison it's going to be raining that's the those are three things that seem to put you at risk of walking right into the typical Iowa quagmire, you know, where you make one mistake, they prey on it. Um, You make more mistakes, they prey on it. The weather's bad. And, you know, Purdue's going to have its hands full on on Saturday with a defense that good. Uh, And you just have – when you play an offense as as limited as Iowa's is, your issue is – you know, the old concept of margin for error. You just can't, you can't make mistakes. You can't give them anything that they didn't earn. And what Purdue's been doing all year defensively is giving people things they didn't necessarily earn. And that's what's, what's kind of scary from a Purdue perspective about the Iowa game on Saturday. But yeah, Purdue, I mean, Purdue does control its own destiny. That's a term we probably use too much because everybody who wins the rest of their games all year long controls its own destiny so it's it's sort of an empty term but uh uh you know this is an opportunity on saturday for purdue to prove it can win a tough game and uh you know i thought before the madison game you know purdue was kind of skating by a little bit uh and they still had to get better even though they were winning and then you know the the bottom kind of dropped out at Wisconsin as it tends to do at Wisconsin for Purdue over the span of a generation now but but here's an opportunity for Purdue to show that they've that they've that they have improved to the point where they would be a worthy division champion even if they're even if they're able to win the division sometimes weather is a great equalizer between teams I'm not sure that it necessarily is for this game on Saturday Iowa is so limited offensively that it just feels like the weather, the wind might limit them more. Maybe Purdue can handle the wind a little bit better, especially because it runs the ball. But the one thing that would be the great equalizer in a game like this is turnovers. And Purdue has, I think they have like eight turnovers in the last three games or I don't know, something like that. It's not been good. Purdue's been turning the ball over a ton. Uh, and in adverse conditions, uh, you know, turning the ball over could equalize things for Iowa, sort of what you were alluding to earlier, right? Uh you know, just just giving things to a Hawkeye offense that is not very good. Short fields, a defensive score, special team score, something like that could definitely equalize the game on Saturday. Yeah, um, a good a good rule of thumb: anything ugly benefits Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> Always. <laughs> uh, 
yes, Purdue's been turning the ball over, but they were turning the ball over too when they were winning. And that's what I mean too when I say they were kind of skating by. They were kind of getting away from some things that they were getting away with some things that typically don't lend themselves to winning. Uh, can't do it against Iowa. Cannot do it against Iowa because that's the old uh, that's the old spider web that uh, Iowa's been been laying for years and years and years now that you know Purdue has fallen into more than once over the years, even though Purdue under Jeff Brom has been really good against Iowa. Uh, you just can't, you just can't give the ball away. You just can't give them uh, extra possessions. You can't let them bleed the clock. You can't give them, again, you can't give them scores they didn't earn. Yeah. And Kirk Ferentz will happily beat you with three field goals if he can. Now, field goals are dicey too in, in the rain, but you know, for the team that wants to drop back and throw the ball. Uh, now Devin Mockaby maybe gives Purdue a little bit of balance here. It might not have mm-hmm. had in prior games in the rain, even though, you know, that Eastern Michigan game a couple of years ago, I believe Purdue ran for a ton of yards. Yeah. Now that's not your, that's not your typical Jeff Brom offense, but that's still yardage. That's still productivity. Um, Purdue's not built to win that way, but at least you were able to, at least you were able to control the ball a little bit, move the ball. Maybe Purdue could do that a little bit with Devin Mockaby, but you still have to you still have to throw the ball to win at Purdue, and Iowa doesn't. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the weather a actually materializes, and b how much it it impacts the actual terms of play on Saturday. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more. This is Gold and Black Radio. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185. What else is going on around the league? Let's take a look. It's the Big Ten Roundup. Let's bring in Alan Carpenter to talk a little bit of Big Ten football with the Big Ten Roundup. Five games that we are looking at outside the one here in West Lafayette. Noon kickoff on Saturday, Minnesota and Nebraska, the Golden Gophers at 5 and 3, Nebraska at 3 and 5, Minnesota. Minnesota is a 16 point road favorite at Nebraska. Are you kidding me? I this game will be closer than that in my opinion. I, Minnesota has not really done a whole lot to excite me uh here recently. Uh Nebraska hasn't either, I suppose. But man, it feels closer than a two touchdown spread. Yeah, I, I think so. And you look at the quarterback, but I think it's based on the quarterback situation. You know, is Casey Thompson going to play? Chubby, Chubby Purdy didn't play. You know, I, they don't even know. So that that may be the biggest thing there. But Minnesota is good when it runs the ball. And when it doesn't, it's not very good. Uh, I don't know if Nebraska's defense is good, but I agree with you. I, I If Casey Thompson plays, then uh, I think that game will be a lot closer than what the line is. Another noon kick uh, in Madison as Wisconsin host Maryland. The Terps are six and two 
And the Boilermakers uh, getting a victory over there looks uh, bigger and bigger every week, it feels like. Wisconsin 4-4 four and four coming off that win against Purdue a couple of weeks ago. The Badgers are a five-point favorite. And this one, a difficult one, in my opinion, to handicap here because uh, the Terps have been pretty good, 6-2 and two now on the season. Right. I mean, Purdue really put a dagger in their season in a lot of ways because they'd be at seven wins and and uh, the Boilermakers got out of there alive at the very end of this game. You know, I, I don't know. It's it's interesting. Maryland has given up some been, – been able to – uh, first, the quarterback at Maryland, Tolua, will be back. Only, I only say his first name because I can't pronounce his last name. I have a mental block on that. But, uh, no, they, they it'll be interesting to see. This is a game also that Wisconsin looked so good against Purdue two weeks ago um, and so dominant, and yet uh, this is a team that can be up and down and still don't know is it, with Jim Leonard's uh, uh, apprenticeship or, or audition. Uh, this will be another big one for him to get to. But I, I think if Maryland can throw the ball. It's going to be interesting to see how that game, and again, weather will be a factor tomorrow. And I don't know if it's going to be as windy and nasty up there as it is in West Lafayette, but uh, I like. Uh, I, I think Maryland uh, might sneak up on you on this one. Talia Tungavailoa. I know, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I know it. All right, there you go. I got it. <laughs> uh, speaking of weather, it's not going to be very nice in Bloomington uh, on Saturday. I think sort of the same weather that uh, we're anticipating here, though it might be raining a little bit longer into the day down there. And uh, stormier, maybe, too. Maybe yeah, lightning, too. Indiana hosting uh, Penn State, uh, Indiana 3-5, and five, now just 1-4 and four in the Big Ten. Somehow the Hoosiers beat Illinois which seems like sometime in the middle of last year, though it was at the beginning <laughs> of the season. Oh, man, I, I don't know. Penn State favored by 14. Indiana probably, it sounds like, is going to make a quarterback change. I You know, I, I don't know that that matters. Uh, the Hoosiers just uh, headed the wrong direction. I think the interesting thing about Indiana is what happens after the season. It just feels like the Hoosiers are going to lose out once again this year and be – I think their losing streak now in in non-September games has reached 12. Yep, I think that's right. It's not good. No. So now, they did beat, again, they beat Illinois, and that, and that means something, but they got a good call at that. But, yeah, I just think, that again, Penn State will just grind this game out. I can't imagine that, uh, that they'll let uh, – Indiana have the ball very much, uh, and uh, that will be a big. Uh, you know, I know Penn State isn't always uh, you know great offensively and not great on ball control, but uh, uh, I really do think uh, uh, that Indiana is one of the, I think one of the last teams in, in times of possess, time of possession. I just think they'll be outmatched, and in Penn State, uh, if it's engaged, and that's always a that's always a question, but uh, assuming it's engaged uh, for four quarters, it will win easily. Michigan State taking on uh, Illinois, the Illini, 7-1, and 4-1 one, and one in the Big Ten. They, like Purdue, control their own destiny in the Big Ten West. Illinois favored by 17 against uh, Michigan State. Uh, should the Illini be on alert here at all against the Spartans? Yeah. And I'm not and I'm not making fun of that really nasty event in the tunnel, the fighting Spartans. I don't know if that's <laughs> – we'll find out if they are yeah. uh, when they get to the football field because uh, – uh, you know, the other thing we've talked about is that Illinois has not faced a passing quarterback. They're going to see one next week in, in, in Aiden O'Connell as well. You know, can Casey Thorne throw it enough? Uh, or excuse me, Casey. Peyton Thorne, uh, that will be an interesting thing. Um, he is efficient. I 
think Illinois is good enough defensively to get out of this alive, but Illinois is not a style points team. Isn't going to blow anybody out. Uh, And Illinois really hasn't played anybody. They'll find out. We'll find out more about Illinois. Certainly when Purdue plays it and really find out about Illinois when they go to the big house on November 19th. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about Michigan seven 30, the primetime start in the, uh, the big 10 on Saturday, two games really in the big 10 that are like, Oh, one of them. The other one is just, we won't even Ohio state at Northwestern. Yikes. Uh, Michigan playing at Rutgers though. Even this one is, is, uh, is a little bit yikes. Michigan's favored by 26. Yeah. I mean, Michigan could be looking ahead here a little bit and maybe the game stays closer for a bit, but talent wins out in the end. It does, and Michigan just seems to be too focused to uh, to get the job done. You know, Rutgers has been good defensively at times, but they couldn't stop the run against Minnesota. Uh, I, I just think that uh, maybe Michigan will follow its similar path of kind of dinking around in the first half and then uh, take care of business in big numbers in the second half. Everything just points to Michigan, Ohio State uh, uh, on the 26th of November. That's and uh, two teams undefeated in the college football playoff. Everything on the line for that game. But uh, I think Michigan will win easily. That's the Big Ten roundup. Let's go back in time with a historical look. Here's Alan Karpik. All right, Alan. Let's take a historical view at Purdue and Iowa. This has been a series that has. Been full of runs, it seems like, from from Purdue to Iowa, and now Jeff Brom has uh, dominated, I guess, the, the <laughs> highs, uh, during his tenure. Four and one record, I think, is uh, is certainly pretty impressive. Uh, Purdue's had some good wide receiver uh, performances during those games, during especially the the four victories from Anthony Mahongo to Terry Wright to, to David yeah. Bell. It's been it's been pretty impressive, but uh, Purdue has had the number of the Hawkeyes here recently. Well, I think the thing that Jeff Brom has been able to do is be able to exploit whatever little weakness. I don't. I still don't know who the name. It's a great trivia question. Who was the corner for Iowa that Anthony Mahungu? They got injured and they went after him on a couple plays. It's not like they threw it all over the place that day, but they threw it over this. I'm talking about the 2017 game. Mm-hmm. Point is. It is an interesting series. I don't know if it's a, a rivalry. Maybe the Charlie Jones, Tyrone Tracy uh, trade will, will be part of it. But, uh, yeah, yeah Purdue's one of late. Hayden Fry and Kirk Ferentz dominated Purdue for a long time. And then back in the days of Jack Mullenkoff and even Bob DeMoss and Alex Agassi, Purdue and Jim Young, Purdue won 20 in a row back from 61 to 1980. So, yeah, it's a funny, a funny series, and uh, you've got COVID uh, memories of Jeff Brom sitting at, at his home in Northwestern Heights, call, call, trying to call some plays while his brother was getting the job done. Just a funny series from that standpoint. Uh, yeah, certainly. <laughs> so, is this the greatest fake rivalry in the history of of college football? Of course, these two teams were were put together as, as quote rivals, right? Did that start in leaders versus leaders legends? Yeah, it was, I don't, I, and I, I, I've wiped that from my feeble memory <laughs> anyway, but I, you know, it is a good rivalry because the team in some ways, because the teams have some, you know, similarities of location and, and uh, a, a farming type uh, look at things, I uh-huh. guess. So uh, an agriculture look, I should say, uh, but I don't, you know, it, it is, uh, it, it, it isn't a great rivalry. I still think, you know, Purdue really has one true rival in football, Indiana, and, and a team that he typically beats. 
Maybe Illinois is the friendly rival. We will find that out next week. Illinois kind of looks at Purdue that way. So uh, rivalries are always a two-way street. You know, Purdue and Notre Dame was a big rivalry for Purdue. Wasn't that big for Notre Dame. So I don't know what the best way to to say that is. But uh, they're going to play tomorrow, and uh, they'll, they'll act like they don't like each other for at least uh, 60 minutes of football. Purdue's most hated rival, the Iowa Hawkeyes. <laughs> All right, yeah. thanks, Alan. <laughs> All right, thanks, Kyle. That's a historical look with Alan Carpick. Back with more on Golden Black Radio. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at twdesignbuild.com. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. All right, Tom, let's talk a little bit of matchups for Iowa and Purdue, plus uh, take a look uh, at our predictions for this game on Saturday. Uh, Purdue's been good defensively in its front seven uh, for the most part this season in, in stopping the run. Uh, Iowa does not have a very good running game. It's just perplexing even consider but they just don't second to last in the big 10 the conditions might dictate that the team that runs the ball the best on saturday might uh, end up winning as we said earlier in this matchup that that you traditionally would consider that to be iowa but man you have to feel like purdue has a pretty good advantage it's defensive front seven against that hawkeye running game yeah the hawkeye offensive line usually the the bellwether the bell cow of that entire program has not been up to its usual standard. So that's a big reason why they've struggled to run the football like we typically see Iowa run the football. And you're right. <laughs> you know, you can find faults with Purdue's defense, but no doubt one of their strengths has been stopping the run. Still not giving up a lot of big plays, long runs, if you will. Um, they, As they say in coaching parlance, their gaps down and, and they're with their run fits and um, just do a good job. Uh, not, not getting bled to death up front on the ground game. So, yeah, you'd think that advantage would certainly play to Purdue. And uh, just another quick injury note on that the D-line, too, Kyle. Kydron Jenkins was a guy who was questionable, I think, for this game. But expect him to play, according to Jeff Brom. He hurt his knee at Wisconsin. That would be a big edge rusher for Purdue, probably their best pass rusher. So, if Purdue can slow down this run like we think they can, a guy like Kydron Jenkins maybe gets after Petrus and, makes some negative plays or forces a bad throw, which results in an interception maybe. Purdue has not been good in weather games under Jeff Brom, Tom. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, it's a trend at this point, right? I mean, they're the, the, the Eastern Michigan game yeah, back in 2018, I believe. The game at Minnesota uh, that was either that year or the next, that was like 21 degrees and – <laughs> Jeff Brown looked like he'd rather be anywhere than, than standing on the sideline of that field. Uh, the Minnesota game last year, and so rainy. sort of chilly and rainy. That was pretty awful in the second half. I was sitting in the stands. That was not, not all that much fun. Uh, can, can Purdue overcome its inclement weather demons on Saturday? Yeah, that game in Minnesota was 2018 uh, when they got frozen out. And the 2019 game at Illinois against Illinois at home, Kyle, was a, was a downpour. We lost 24 to six. Just an ugly game. And Jeff Brom acknowledged that when we talked to him after practice on Thursday. Their struggles in these kind of games. So they're aware of it. They work with wet balls in practice this week. 
they've done all they can to prepare as best you can for these wet conditions. You know, the wind, uh, I'm not sure how much you can do to prepare for the wind, but yeah, this is another challenge. Uh, that's, that's been one of the Achilles heels of, of pretty wonder Jeff Brom is their ability to do well in foul conditions. And we're in November foul weather usually starts rearing its head this month. So here we go. Saturday is going to be Purdue's first taste of it. We'll see how they, they adapt and, you know, maybe it, uh, you know, produce better equipped, like we talked about earlier, Kyle, because their ability to run the football, at least offensively, to, to deal with some of these, these conditions. All right, who you got Saturday? I got the Boilers. I think Purdue was about a, what, a four-point favorite, Kyle. I think they win. I don't think they cover. I think this is a nail-biter. Nobody gets to 30 points. Maybe Mitchell Fenry hits a late field goal. Remember in 2018, Kyle Spencer Evans drilled a 25-yarder with eight seconds to go to beat Iowa 38-36. Again, I don't think we get that many points, but Purdue wins a narrow game um, by a couple points. I think I said, uh, I want to say 26-24, something that ilk. But, yeah, it's going to be a game that keeps people, I think, on the edge of their seats biting their fingernails. Yeah, that Spencer, Evan game, Spencer Evans games, I, I think that uh, Purdue wore these same hideous gray jerseys that they're going to wear on Saturday. Man, those things are bad. <laughs> Back. Yeah, there's not that. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I don't like many of the uniform combos they got at this point. These ones are not good. Not. I sound good. like I, I. I sound like an old cranky guy on this. I know. Don't no I? doubt. Gosh, I, mean, I do I'm, too. I'm screaming. I'm screaming the cloud out my window right now. Too, so. <laughs> we are not the target audience, but those jerseys need to be tossed in the burn pit. Uh, I've got. You know, before I knew that the weather was going to be as bad as it is, I, I, I think we got a game in the twenties. I, I could see it being a little bit lower than that. If it, if the wind is blowing forty miles an hour, uh, you know, sustained in the mid thirties and, and gusting to forty plus, then maybe we end up seeing a, a, a game that's in the teens. You know, produce seventeen to fourteen or something like that. I'll stick with my original prediction. I've got the Boilermakers twenty-four to twenty. Uh, I do think close into the fourth quarter, but Purdue begins to pull away. Uh, maybe Iowa backdoor covers there to get it within within four points. But I think the Boilermakers get the victory in a hard-fought game and then uh, take the show to Illinois. That'll be a big one coming up next week. Hey, thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Take care, buddy. All right, that'll do it for our podcast for this week. Uh, if you like the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars and leave us a comment as well. Thanks to our sponsors. And for Tom Dean Hart, Brian Uber, and Alan Kerpik, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Gold and Black Radio. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.